Hello, and welcome back to Eventide Radio, a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, it's the show is about having an in-depth discussion about the game from a variety of perspectives. I'm your host, Robert, and with me are our co-hosts, Robbie and Will. Scott is actually out this week. To preview our topics for today, thoughts on changes made to the GM loot table for next season, our thoughts on Solstice of Heroes, and what are we hoping for with this uh, next upcoming season. Uh, before we get started, let's do a quick around the table and share anything cool you guys did this week or got this week. Hello, everyone. I'm Robbie. I, so the thing I got this week that got me super excited, and most people that follow me on Twitter would think that it was my triple top Vorpal, Uzume, Adept. But no, after two weeks of farming, I finally got an ambitious assassin, unrelenting, deafening whisper. And I know that's going to be like a very unpopular thing to say, but it's the only weapon in the game where unrelenting is really, really good. So, yep, I'm psyched about that one. What about you, Will? Um, I was in GM this week going for a snapshot Vorpal weapon. So I think it's the only sniper in the game that can roll a snapshot and Vorpal in separate got columns. It. Cool. And you got That's one? No, still chasing it. I have, oh. uh, I have a snapshot explosive payload, which is still decent, but That's still chasing good. that one roll Absolutely. I want. Cool. Yeah, and before we got started with the podcast, I was telling you guys that I got a pretty cool Killing Wind opening shot Fatebringer. Uh, that's been pretty fun to use in the Crucible. So I'm I'm pretty excited and and proud of that, I should say. So uh, so before we get started into really the meat of the podcast, um, I know Scotty put this in the title or the, the synopsis of the previous podcast uh, in the discussion last week that we had in regards to getting titles and the RNG associated with that and needing the, the uh, specific exotic for that raid title. Uh, I made the, several times I made the argument or comparison or point that uh, the Deepstone Crypt seal did not need uh, Eyes of Tomorrow to actually get that seal. Uh, that is factually untrue. Uh, while we were actually having the discussion, I tried to pull up on LightGG what the requirements were for the uh, the seal, and I either missed it or wasn't looking at it correctly. Because uh, I as I think it's very important that when we're having these conversations um, that we get the information correct, um, because if people are listening to this to hear opinions and, and arguments and discussions about things, we really should be as factual as possible. And I went off on a we'll call it a megalomaniacal rant for a while about uh, everything regarding that. Uh, and I started to say things that were untrue. So I just wanted to correct that. And I apologize if anyone uh, started angrily typing or were shaking their heads while listening to us. Um, Regardless of all of that, the argument still remains, though, that that's kind of a silly thing, but we don't need to re-dig up uh, old conversation topics. So just wanted to make that correction from last week, uh, and we appreciate everyone who's listening and uh, maybe who caught notice of that. Uh, so Please uh, uh, redirect all your anger, comments, and uh, complaints to Rob's uh, Twitter, yep. which is... Yep. At... Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the punching <laughs> bag, as, uh, and I'm totally okay with that. So. I'm kidding. But no, no, I, but I also do want to to bring up that I think it's important that we correct mistakes like this and 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 try to fix them and, and make sure that we get things as factual as possible, especially since we have the internet in front of us at all times. Like, making simple mistakes like that really shouldn't be an issue. Uh, and ultimately, I do welcome that. Um, I, I believe Scotty puts our email 
uh, at the end of every podcast. So if at any point people find fault with what we're saying, please send stuff in to correct us um, because I'd rather us get it right and correct it the next week than there being this like lie that's just out there that, you know, is false information. So, you know, please never hesitate to let us know. Please be tactful about it, but certainly uh, make sure that we're we're getting our story straight. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's good that we talked about that, and I'm glad that I made that mistake. Um, speaking of, I have subsequently completed several more uh, Vault of Glass and still not gotten Vex Mythoclast, so I'm still salty about that. Uh, but anyway, we'll move on, and, and we'll actually dig into the podcast now. Uh, so the first topic of conversation um, was the this week at Bungie. Uh, they were talking about some of the changes that are going to be made to the GM loot table, um, or the Grandmaster Nightfall loot table. And uh, if I remember correctly, there's going to be two that can drop from each uh, Nightfall now. Uh, and I don't think they said which ones are going to be what, but they did announce that two more, uh, we'll call them fan favorites from, from Destiny 1 are coming back. So that's the Comedian, which is a shotgun. And actually, that was the first legendary weapon that I ever got uh, in Destiny 1. I'll always remember that. Uh, and uh, the Hothead, which was released during the Taken King um, which basically has the same gun model as um, Dragon's Breath, uh, and you got it at the end of a very, very lengthy Crucible quest that had you basically do a little bit of everything from the Crucible, uh, and the the end goal, like the end reward, was this this rocket launcher that I don't think you could have any other sources, and it was kind of an odd reward for it, but all the same, it was cool to 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 get one, um, so. I guess we can kind of have two side conversations. One, are you guys excited about more weapons coming back? I know, Robbie, you, you have no experience with any of these weapons. Uh, and two, that puts a total of eight weapons now that you can earn as sort of nightwall or Nightfall-specific weapons. Um, and now we're actually starting to get a little bit of a diluted loot pool when it comes to earning these. So how do you guys feel about, you know, now that anytime you do one of these Grandmasters, you have a chance of earning one of two weapons. Oh, well, I think the DM rewards need to be guaranteed after every completion instead of... Oh, no way, no. I, I definitely... What? <laughs> yeah. You think the RNG drop is fine? Yes. Guaranteed. Why? Why that's, is that? That's, that's my whole point with this one. Actually, I, like, I would like to hear what you have to say first about the, like them having two weapons instead of one. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. So yeah, so let's 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 break this up into kind of two separate things. One is uh just now you have a chance of earning one of two different weapons. Uh and then I I do want to bring up the whole like having a deterministic path of even being guaranteed to earn one. So we'll we'll sidebar that for right now. Uh just real quickly, what do you guys think of instead of having like a guaranteed weapon that you can get from that week, now it could be one of two weapons. So now you're basically halving the chance of even getting the god rule that you're you're seeking so to speak um i don't i personally don't like it and i kind of have an idea of how to fix it but if people like it then you know when fixing it that's interesting okay. I, th I thought you would be like on the other side of this one because i know you didn't used to do gms before as much as you do now and i hear this from other people who were like the same way like they started grinding those those levels to be able to do gms uh only on this season because they realized that like some of the guns are really good 
And so now they're, they're, they were expecting this week, you know, because they were like, oh my God, I want the palindrome, I want the palindrome, I want the palindrome. And now they're going to get a chance. And it's like, you know, three weapons. So you have to basically, like, if I grinded the palindrome back then, until I got like one I kind of was happy with, and yeah, that's it for me. This time, I like, if you think about it in terms of like how much you would have to actually grind, it would, you know, probably be around two, three times as much just to get the one role that you actually want of the one gong that you actually want. But they are happy about it because, I mean, this change from one and one older one, because then they will have a chance, you know, to keep trying for that old palindrome or maybe next season for that Usume that they didn't get. Um, so I would think that you would be like on that camp, but uh, I'm happy that you're not because I feel that, yeah, for me it's not good because I feel like, you know, if back then I had to grind so much to get a good palindrome, now I'm going to have to grind twice as hard because now you're going to get a gun that you probably don't even want half the time. Yeah, I, I see how it's good for like a big part of the community, but I think like once people start catching up and these activities become more, you know, like they, they grab more people, it, it's just not it's just not the way to go. Okay, let me let me rephrase my answer. I'm okay with more stuff coming into the game, right? I think we all can agree that anytime we get more loot or more things to chase, we're all okay with it. But I don't like having the chance of both of them to drop at the same time. I think there should be more agency to get what you want. It's like specifically what you want instead of having to get lucky on you get one of the drops of the gun you want from this season instead of the gun from last season. Because RNG in this game is sometimes super brutal and you may have people that'll run it seven times and don't get what they want and then you know it's a super terrible feeling to have when you're chasing that one thing that you actually want in the game right now but still can't get it just because of rng drops so. right well but like jumping a little bit to that i think i mean we have reward levels right like there's people who and i've seen this before like they don't know how to run it yet because maybe they're not as experienced as other people and they forget to kill some champions and they end up with like gold rewards and then they maybe don't get a drop. So like the fact that there's this kind of level thing and the uh, correct way to run a GM, like by killing everything and not trying to speed run, because we'd, if we didn't have to kill all the champions, you could just do it faster, right? But there's that platinum rewards that almost guarantees a drop at least for like one, two people in your fire team. So I don't think that guaranteeing a drop is the way to go. I just think that, like you say, diluting the, like if I'm farming an Uzume, I don't want to get a swarm, you know, thrown at me every now and then, because that's not what I'm trying to farm. So. No, I, I agree with you. And I think like I had an idea about this. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead or not, but we have like an umbral system for GMs. It could be, yep. you know, in the helm, just like we have this season, where at the end of our GM, you get some kind of GM-specific umbral engram. You can either spec that into, like, you know, high stat roll piece of armor, or you can spec it into a weapon from, like, the last couple seasons, or this season, or whatever you want, just to have a little more agency and control over what you get. Yeah, I so I, I think I kind of share both of your guys' sentiments in that yeah, it's it's already kind of sometimes frustrating enough to complete the GMs and to get 
you know, you're, you're waiting for the week that you can actually earn that particular weapon and now cutting the likelihood of that in half. Uh, and I've seen the umbral idea thrown out there. And I think that that would be neat, especially since they've kind of indicated Bungie in, has indicated that they're the umbral systems kind of around to stay for a while. And people, people like having some kind of, like you said, agency over earning what they're, what they're going for, or at least kind of narrowing the loot pool in some capacity. Um, I, I certainly think that uh, it should come at a high cost. Like if you're if you're able to to form an umbral engram into a specific adept weapon, um, it should certainly cost an arm and a leg. Um, and but I think that people should have that ability. Otherwise, it's like I I don't I don't know how many hotheads I'm going to be grinding for um versus like oh it might be try to fun it might be fun to try to get another uzume or another plug one or whatever you know so it's like it, it sucks that there there might be some weeks where you don't even really feel like doing the gm beyond just getting your one completion for like the title um although they have made changes to that as well so I, part of me wants to see how it plays out but part of me is also like kind of lukewarm on the whole idea to begin with because it, it sounds kind of crappy that that we're going to lose some of that that guarantee so yeah agreed so okay so so go keep sorry no no no, keep going well i was just gonna say do you remember when um hothead had tripod d1 what if that comes back that could be interesting i i think i think i think it's something kind of ironic that for the longest time all rockets had one in the tube in destiny 2 and the first one to come out with three in the chamber was truth, which by the end of D1, they had knocked it down from the original three to, I think, one. Uh, so I think it's kind of funny that it, it sort of flipped on there. I would like to see rockets get more in the tube than just one, besides having to use things like clown cartridge um, or like uh, um, overflow, <laughs> like ha- having actual ones that maybe don't do as much damage, but they've got two in the chamber. I think that would that would breathe some fresh life into rocket launchers. But maybe that's another conversation for another time. But yeah, I, I would love to see something like Tripod come back. I think that'd be kind of neat. Um, but I also worry that that would be like the only perk that people would go for on that weapon because like why else would you go for anything beyond Tripod? So I, I kind of understand maybe it, it, it makes it, it gives it that problem that some other weapons have where unless it has this specific perk, you're not going to ever use that weapon. Like, like we've talked about with like fusion rifles, unless they get uh reservoir burst, like people don't want to use them in PVE because it's so useful. Um, so I, I'd be curious yeah. though. I I'm, I'm, I'm again, like excited to see some more stuff come back. And like you guys said, more weapons, the better. I don't think anyone's going to argue about that. Um, but it just like, yeah, what if someone never managed to get a palindrome or uh, a shadow price, and now they want to get one? It's like, how difficult is it going to be? Um, and even... if it's, is it even going to come back? Because we're going to get four new ones, right? Exactly. There's going to be four old ones, and right now there's six old ones, like considering right. three from last season and three from current right. season. So is palindrome even going to be on those four that get chosen? You know, because exactly it's not like. You... Why are you giving me those older ones right. back that I, you know, most people maybe don't right. want or? Yeah. So now it now it's starting to kind of feel like I don't want to use this word, but it's starting to feel like FOMO's coming back in some capacity because, and I know it's like a very niche kind of subset of the loot pool, but it just kind of sucks that it's like unless you're here for a specific season or you're here for like a particular cycle, 
you may miss out on one of those weapons. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I think we should see how it pans out, but I, I think I, I think all of us are kind of in the same boat of how we feel about kind of diluting the loot pool a little bit. Um, so, okay, so then uh, the next thing, which I think Will has already kind of made a statement about, and I think I kind of agree with you, and we'll 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 keep talking, is the should should adept drops on GMs be a little more guaranteed if you're getting a platinum. I will say that as the caveat. Like they shouldn't just be guaranteed if you complete it. But if you get a platinum, should should adept weapons be a guaranteed drop now that we're getting this diluted loot pool? Hundred percent yes. I mean if you're doing the hardest content or some of the hardest content in the game and getting the highest score possible, you should be rewarded for that. I think keeping platinum, the only tier that's 100% is fine, and then making everything else drop down exponentially is the best play. Okay. So I uh, I will throw this out here, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I have not gone flawless since the Trials Adept weapons came out, but they are, if you go flawless, you're guaranteed to get one, correct? Correct. And, and an Adept mod, too. And an Adept mod, assuming you haven't earned all of them. Um, right, right. And did they ever fix that thing? Because I want to say the original intent was that you could reset your card and go for another one. Is that true that you can then go for another Adept weapon? No, you can only get three Adept weapons per week. Okay, so one count. per character. Okay. Yeah, so one per character. Yeah, because okay. I think once you start opening the chest like over and over, it just gives you materials. Okay. So how would you say if you would if it would be the same? Like your first platinum GM on each character is guaranteed a drop. Like it might be any role, just as usual, just as in, right. in trials. But like let's say that, like as a good do you think that would be like a good commitment? I, do, like, I actually do like that idea. Yeah, I so the first GM platinum guaranteed, and then any GM you do after that is the same chances as we have right now. Okay. Yeah. No. I yeah, actually. I'm actually cool with that. That's yeah. A great I, idea. I, I think that's a reasonable. Uh, we'll call it a compromise, if you will. Um, I, I will say, in terms of because we have three sources now of getting quote unquote adept weapons, right? I'm I'm throwing the time loss category in there because for all intents and purposes, they work the same. Um, with those, you more or less. That's probably if you want to make the argument, that's probably the easiest way to get repeat rolls, right? Because as long as you complete the challenge and then you get and you defeat Atheon, you can buy as many as you want as long as you have the currency for it. So that's like the easiest way uh, to get like repeat drops. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so you're guaranteed a maximum of three if you're doing Trials of Osiris, which depending on how much of a god gamer you are is easy or not easy. Uh, and then GMs, which you can run and repeat. Uh, so they're not a guaranteed drop like the other two sources are. Um, but, and this is this is where it's going to be kind of muddy because how do you equate difficulty between those three different activities? And you really can't because they're just, it's, it's so subjective. Um, but the fact that we can run repeat GMs and... I will say, for the most part, there's a few of the outliers like Glassway uh, that, for the most part, they're all pretty manageable. And within, let's say, 30, 35 minutes, you can complete a GM if you're playing with a, a, a competent team. Um, not necessarily getting a guaranteed drop uh, seems like it's... I don't know. I don't necessarily have the right answer. I do like your idea that the first one, assuming it's a platinum, uh, 
that yeah, I think you should get. Um, you should that way you should that way you walk away with earning at least one for the week. Um, because I do remember when the Devil's Lair came out, I think I ran six or seven platinums before I got a single drop on a GM, and that felt really bad. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and and I get. I know we've had many conversations about RNG in this uh, podcast already. Um, sure, loader in the end. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and that's I, I was reading on Reddit. Someone made a comment where it's like, "Wow, if you really scale the the loot drop rate in this game compared to a lot of other similar titles, um, this game is already way more generous than a lot of other games, and that we've kind of been spoiled, um, and that we shouldn't make it easier." Uh, so I, it's all I. To be fair, there is some perspective to it, um, but yeah, I think it is I think it I is interesting. A bit about that, like comparing it to other games like WoW or some other MMOs that you know maybe not shooters, but they're MMOs and the RNG is still there. And yeah, this one is like exotics are not exotics, and I think I've said that a bunch of times. Um, but bes- besides that, like one thing, and uh, I guess we didn't like touched on this before, but one thing that now that I now that you mentioned the time lost, one thing I want to see is uh, bring the trials adept mods out of trials. Yes. Same as the as the big one spec out of GMs only. So like you know have that one also drop on trials. Have adept heroes drop on GMs and stuff. Because now that we have time lost, for people like me who you know I can do GMs and I can do master vault of glass, but I've never been flawless. So like that's still like kept. But isn't from that me. the whole point though? Well, yeah, but, get that kind of well, yeah but, but now that we have that time lost that's kind of like it, it isn't an uh nightfall and it's not pvp you know it's kind of like content that's mostly for both audiences so i think like if you get a time loss you should be able to somehow obtain all the adept mods for your time lost mm, i disagree but i, I just think that each set having their own set of mods is just another thing for you to chase or keep chasing but then i I know it's probably not a very popular opinion but (laughs) well so so what are the what are the mods that are not available from from vault of glass and gms because i know adept icarus is not icarus adept icarus adept impact oh and i think actually wait i can check right now what everything says on it um let's see yeah that icarus is only trials of osiris um impact is also only trials of osiris i think adept projectile speed yeah it's also trials of osiris yeah so there's three on on trials and there's only one from gms and there's non-exclusive from vault of glass i believe oh wait it's saying all of them are from trials of osiris well, you can yeah, get that, all of them from trials, but like I don't think you can get big ones spec. No, you I mean, can't get big ones. Yeah, I think that's the only one that's, that's like GM exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, let it be. I'm fine with that. Keep that GM exclusive, and then keep Adept Icarus PvP exclusive. All right, but like Impact and and Project. Oh well, yeah, give people you know, that. Those ones could be. Yeah, like, well, I think, like, for example, I like think... if I get Adept Icarus, maybe I won't put it on my PBE rolls or anything, but like I think Adept Impact and Adept Projectile Speed at this point, considering now that we have the time lost, and that's that the change that I think should happen, like 
okay it, i think it was fine when we had like that separate category of like gm loot and and flawless loot and stuff and people were going for like these shotguns or something with adept icarus but the other ones seem so you know universal and same as the time loss they're like kind of universal so like if you don't like running gms but you are a trials player or if you're like me and you like running gms but are not a, you know a trials player both of us still want those time loss weapons I, I think and that's why i think those other ones should become like available for everybody yeah, no, I mean, I'm fine with all that. I think Bog should have had adept weapons for itself, or adept mods for itself to begin with, but it's a whole separate conversation, because you would have had way more stuff people could grind for, instead of just oh. time, like, one time loss gun per character. Certainly. Yeah, I, I, it would be interesting to see, like, maybe almost like Vault of Glass-specific mods for the adept weapons. I, like, I, Oracle Disruptor is the first thing that comes to mind, even though we have that as, like, an armor mod now. But it'd be kind of cool to see that go back into. But I know they've already kind of discussed that they don't want that power creep and and you know unique, you know intrinsic perks on weapons and things like that. But yeah, yeah I, that it, makes it, sense. so what is what is projectile speed even for? Is there that's for grenade launchers, um, right? Rocket, rocket launchers. launchers. Oh, for rocket, rocket launchers. launchers, right? Okay. Yeah. Bows, I think. Some reason, which we haven't had. One, I don't think. Right? Well, we don't have an adept bow, so I don't think right. you can put but, that. But eventually, on it. and then. What's the impact for? Is that fusion rifles? Um, impact is swords. Oh, right. Okay. Impact is sword. And then there's the stability, range, all that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so, but I guess the only weapon that benefits from that is the trial sword, right? That's the only adept weapon that benefits. Yeah. Well, yeah for right, for right now. Yeah. Right, yeah. For right. That's true. For right now, they could bring back Void Fang or something like well, that. Well, we already do have an adept rocker. That's not from trial, so I guess... That, the yeah, velocity yeah. one could probably be the instant the... vengeance. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, yeah, there's no. that, and then there's that. Oh, what is it? Tomorrow's answer, I think. Trials, which is actually pretty good, but right. Yeah, I think those are. I think I just want to see more adept weapons, like one for every archetype. I yeah, I would too. Certainly. Um, what are we missing? We've got, we've got shotguns. We've got fusions. We've got um, snipers. Wait, so I have a question on the shotgun. Yeah. Um, the one from Bog. I heard that you can only get it from that challenge. From doing all challenges. Yeah. Once you do all of them, you... So it, it's not actually going to be in the loophole? Well, you can... Challenge? Like, once you unlock all the challenges, you get one, and that unlocks for your account the ability to, to buy more rolls from the chest at the end. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I, that's I kind of... <laughs> Yeah, okay. so you only will get the one. The the only way to get a second one is spending spoils, basically. Yep. Correct. That's kind of yeah. weird. It is weird that they did that. I, I get that there's like six weapons and five encounters, and rather than have like one rotating around, and, and that way like you never know what week that Fatebringer will be accessible on what challenge. Like I get why people maybe wouldn't like that. Um but I think that that's kind of inherently the problem with you only can get adept weapons from completing the challenge and no other sources within Master. Um, I think that that maybe is kind of the problem with that. But I I, I get well, for why the first it... time, for the first time that's the only way. Once you get it once, you, you can get more. Yeah, but that requires you to actually, do all the challenges, and I haven't yeah, done. I've only done once. once. Yeah, and that, that's actually I think one of the problems that I feel like I've seen. I mean, the first two weeks we had gatekeepers, we had Atheon. And now, 
like nobody's finishing master vault of glass because there's no point like right. the only point and, and not even just like the fate bringer is going to be two weeks from now right so then after that everybody's going to want to finish um vault of glass just to spend all your spoils on the kiosk but right, right now most people are not interested in buying other roles they're just saving spoils and farming templar so they made it in a way that like this rotation is actually making people not play the master version except for the challenge. So all you see is like, you know, challenge checkpoints and things like that on LFG and right. not people actually, you know, completing the raid. Right. Yeah, what I, I what I go for it. I just want to see the player data after that fate bringer week comes and goes. Oh yeah. How many people are actually playing. Yeah. What I what I suspect is there's going to be uh, well, we've already seen it, right? Is this particular week was the the confluxes, right? So everyone basically just started a fresh vault of glass on on master, uh, so they could get those two additional chests. Because why not? You do that, and then basically everyone bailed. When I with the group that I played with, we we got the conflux challenge, and then we got the the vision of confluence and and bounce. Um, when what I foresee happening is, yeah. So the next week we're gonna have the uh, oracles, and then the week after that we're gonna have uh, the Templar. Everyone's going to do the Templar. They're going to get their one Fatebringer roll, and then people are just going to start swapping Atheon checkpoints uh, just so we can all get Atheon and then blow our 250 uh, on on a bunch of Fatebringer rolls. And then, yeah, like you said, it'll just be a ghost town and master after that because everyone will have the Fatebreaker title. Um, and that kind of sucks. And um, yeah, I'm the only thing that I, I and I'm this is a completely naive thing, and maybe I should save this for the the last topic. Maybe they're gonna revitalize the loot pool and bring the other half of the Vault of Glass weapons, uh, and by next season, and maybe that'll have people come back to Vault of Glass for for master content. That's the only thing that I could see as like long term. What's even the point of playing? Is if they because they still have a handful of weapons that they haven't brought back. Um, that's the only thing that I could see being a thing. That's a good idea. Yeah, I would like uh, to see I that. mean, they're going to have to fix something because it's, Agreed. it's bad. Agreed. Um, so. And just, so. I know we're not like an information podcast, but just a tip for everybody. If you completed your conflicts challenge this week and you still have that checkpoint for oracles, just log in before reset on Tuesday and stay there. Have a friend join after reset, wipe it once, and then go out. And whoever joining you has has now the checkpoint for the oracles, even if you lose yours. So that's another way just to keep going on the same raid, just for yep. these three weeks challenges without actually having to do the first part again. That just shows how bad this content is that we're having to. And loopholes like that just to get our challenges done. For that, and that's a that's a bummer because oh, it's it sucks. Yeah, yeah because because people don't. And, and this is this is actually something that I wanted to bring up a couple of weeks ago when Atheon was the challenge, or I guess that was last week. Um, when I the first kind of group that I played it with, we were we were struggling. Just we didn't have that chemistry that a team needed to like get through it. Like I, I think we barely could get to like through the Oracle section before we got to dps on the boss and after failing a couple times there's a couple guys in the group that were like man i wish we could just cheese this and it's like that's kind of where people are at with 
how they feel about this. It's like we've already done this a bunch of times and people don't even want to like challenge themselves by completing it. And that kind of like bummed me out because it's like, yeah, we've all had those times where you get like demoralized and you just want to get through it and like go to bed because you've been up for like three or four hours trying to grind something and it sucks. But it's like people are just at the point where it's like they just want an easy way out just so they can move on to the next thing. Uh, and that really, I don't think is what the design philosophy was around this, but they had to think about like, no one's going to want to do the entire raid just to get one weapon at one encounter yeah. uh, for, th for challenges that we've already done and have been doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's such a bummer. Like it's a kiosk thing. Like you, yeah, you can buy new roles, but like if they made it in a way, believe me, if they made it in a way that like, okay, fine. So unlock it the first time you have to do the challenge. Right. But then every time after that challenge, I have a chance, just as in any normal rate, to get either armor or a time loss from that that bot boss again. I right. would do I would do master three times a week. But, right. But now right, there's no incentive. So it's the loot that's not there, and that's why people are just like finding the easiest way to get the challenge done. And then you know when Fatebringer comes out to go to the kiosk and buy whatever you want. Right. But be besides that, like. The only reason to to do it is the challenge. So I rather run normal vogs and help my friends try to get the vex because you know that's just takes less time and it's fun. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think you the I feel like the mentality of going into a master vault of glass. Yeah, once you've completed all the challenges, you walk out of there having earned maybe one or two drops. Like so, not not every boss or every encounter should drop a a, a time lost weapon, but there's a chance. And so you know, after five or six encounters, you you have earned you've gotten one or two of. I think that that would be kind of a cool, like, you know, even if they're garbage rolls, it's just like okay, I've gotten another adept weapon through this because it's like if you if you want to, and maybe this is not an appropriate equation, um, but if you're trying to say how much time do you have to spend doing a GM nightfall and having a relatively high likelihood of getting an adept weapon to drop versus how much time do you have to invest to do a master vault of glass and only get one weapon from the challenge like where's the time better spent it's like yeah i'm just gonna farm gms if i'm trying to get adept weapons yeah, so so that's i think that's a topic overall topic that's been coming out in these things we've talked about until now is that we need to see that time investment pay off somehow. And at least for Vault of Glass right now, it's really not in a good place. I agree. I agree. I like I I want to find reasons to play master um, because I think there are and we've talked about the whole aspect of artificial difficulty and all that stuff, because I know it's become a hot topic. But I, I like the idea that we have a raid that is relatively challenging, but no one wants to do it because it's not rewarding enough. Like the time investment just doesn't make sense. And I, and I totally get that. I just wish that more people would at least be willing to try it out and like want to actually do complete runs, but it's like, no, let's just get the challenge and get the hell out of there. So, all right. Uh, any final thoughts? I know we've, we kind of went off on like four different tangents there. Um, but any other thoughts on just kind of like GM and adept drops in general? Not really. We kind of talked about everything. And I we agree. kind of continue to talk about it because I think this conversation is evolving. 
Yeah, as we kind of like yeah get different content that has adept weapons and stuff. I just hope we yeah. see some kind of fix because I would like to get in there and actually do a master vlog, but I just have no no desire to go in there and do it right now. But right. that's my choice, I guess. No, that's fair. That's that's yeah. perfectly reasonable. Okay. And uh, uh, now that so... I've been doing the the Radmore hunt a lot just for that different whisper, I still believe like looking back at that uh, season and how they focused engrams worked like also will i know you mentioned that for gms like i wouldn't just want to focus on ingram like that but like the way it worked on on season of the hunt i think was like a really good idea that ended up being dropped uh so yeah if someone's listening revisit that idea because i think so far is uh, the best uh, compromise that i can see for many activities well so you've never played the menagerie correct nope okay so that was arguably the best and maybe what spoiled a lot of people because uh you basically so season of opulence you unlocked this chalice that you could level up basically doing bounties and tasks and and earning a currency that you could put into the chalice and by the end what you could do is you could slot your chalice you could determine if you wanted a weapon a specific weapon or armor piece uh and on top of that you could also determine what the what the masterwork for it was going to be and the weapons that were in that loot pool were pretty awesome like epicurean was an awesome fusion rifle ostringer to this day is one of my favorite like hand cannons in all of all of destiny 2 um and then what was the sniper rifle beloved uh and and imperial decree yeah imperial decree was awesome the the heavy machine gun was great um, and they were really cool because they they were all like jewel encrusted weapons that were kind of throwbacks to weapons from D1. Um, and that one was probably the most spoiled because we could literally select the weapon that we wanted and the masterwork role for it. And you can do that on on the Redburn hunts too. Well, it's just like you can select either to exclude two perks or select a specific masterwork. So usually for me, for example, I, I rather exclude the two perks and, and roll the dice on the masterwork. But if you really wanted to, you can still uh, do that on that one. That's true. Yeah, you actually you had more control because you could kind of block out certain. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, didn't no, let you, right. it didn't let you choose like, oh, I want snapshots and that's it. You know, uh, even if you spend a lot of currency or something, it's not right. like you're still playing the RNG somehow. Because the two right. things are the weapons were better for Menagerie. That's true. And Menagerie was fun to play. Yes, that's right. true. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the weapons were better, <laughs> but I'm, I'm talking about the system of how to, you know. Yeah. Like if you bring that system into other seasons, I, I believe yeah. that a lot of people would be happier with that. Right. Then just how much I like Splicer better than, than Battlegrounds, because on Battlegrounds, what? Like the only way to get uh, weapons with two rolls, for example, was to tier three focus an engram. And you can right. only do that three times a week. But yeah. why would I do that if I can focus intellect armor? So I, I only could do one or the other. And this is was a little improvement because now we get those uh, the chance from the corrupted expunges. So you can either get high stat armor or uh, a gun with two perks. But I can still focus three high intellect armor pieces a week. So kind of have both. You know, still not the best, but better than last season anyway. Yeah, it in general it feels like they kind of do a healthy bouncing around where sometimes we maybe get a little too much agency from something like the menagerie or the wrathborn hunts. And and to be fair, the wrathborn hunts the turnaround on that is way way quicker than doing an entire menagerie run. 
um, those were a little more in depth. I will argue, yeah, they they were much more fun um, because you sort of had like randomized. They were almost like mini raids. They were six person activities, uh, and you had like mechanics associated with each activity in there. And depending on how well you did, you kind of earned you you moved your progress bar faster if you were able to like actually get through the entire thing. Otherwise, if you ran out of time, you'd move to the next randomized chamber and do that activity and then you finally defeat a boss and then you got your chest um as opposed to doing a wrathborn hunt which people can farm those in like five minutes you know um so i i feel like they with every season they they kind of change it up a little bit i think at the end the having the the umbral engrams and having control over that i think is probably a good reasonable compromise um but yeah with battlegrounds like locking out how many tier threes you could do felt kind of stingy and weird for no reason uh but uh yeah i i i feel like they're they're trying to find like a good balance between all of these different uh systems that we've had where like i said some of them have been a little too generous i would argue um and then other ones that have been like what the hell are we doing here and like you feel like you're never actually earning what you're trying to get so uh so yeah i, I think it's good will did you want to i would just say it was probably the best piece of content we ever got in the season I agree. Looking back on it, it was yeah, I, so good. I I really wish that they had kind of just continued to like expand on that, like add more activities within the menagerie, or try to change it in some way where like you go into the same rooms, but the mechanics are different. Like I I think people would have been maybe okay with like continuing to evolve on that idea because it was so well received. Um. And like the hard or the hard mode versions of it were were pretty awesome too, and and actually felt like there was some difficulty to that, and and there was all there was a bunch of cool challenges associated, right? Instead of doing six man, you would do three man versions of it, which were certainly a lot harder. So, yeah, I I agree. It's it's a bummer. I think Menagerie might be like the best thing we've ever gotten uh, for Destiny Two, and yeah, it's kind of a bummer that it's all gone now. That was the mountaintop recluse era. Yep. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most OP loadout in Destiny 2 history. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that the other day. I was doing something with uh, with grenade launchers, and was like, oh my god, yeah, Mountaintop wasn't that long ago, and that was that was legitimately like a broken weapon. But yeah, anyway. Um, cool. All right, so let's completely uh, shift gears and talk about. Uh, so in the this week at Bungie, they also announced that next week. Or they reminded everyone that next week is the last week of Solstice of Heroes. Um, and I just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how you think it went this year versus uh, previous years. Um, are you burned out on doing runs of the EAZ now? Uh, just kind of general thoughts. So let's start with uh, Robbie. So I got my three shiny sets during the first week because... The first one took a while, but the, the activities from the third one, actually, you can do on any character as long as you have it, and it completes automatically for all three characters, right? So for the second one, you have to do only first and second step, which is, like, twice as fast. And when the third character is three times as fast, so you basically do, like, one activity and you're done, which was kind of good because if I had to do that same grind for the first one on all three characters, yeah, I probably wouldn't have liked it. But they made it in a way that the second and the third one felt like fair enough, like way faster. Okay, I'm happy with that. Then I, you know, got my got my glows, uh, you know, new ornaments. Cool. I even bought one from the store. I, I gotta admit it. I spent the the money on the the warlock because because hashtag love warlocks. 
and huh. then after that EAZs um, the armor is not that great I mean even the high stat rolls that you can get they're so rare like the probabilities and I read this somewhere is the same kind of as an engram because you keep getting blues all the time yep and the shotgun is kind of like a retail tale so I got like a decent roll and that's it I haven't done a an EHC since I know some people think it's fun. I think it's fun too, but I think it gets like a bit tiresome, like real quick, because it's too repetitive. And yeah, I have like three thousand keys and no boxes to open anymore. And oh. yeah, that, that's my experience. Like I, I just burned through it in the first week, and that was it. Cool. Uh, Will, do you have anything to add to that? Um. So I only picked up the gear just to get the blue pulsing thing off my screen when I go to the tower, and that was that. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I have not touched it. I have no desire to. I have 2,800 Solstice key fragments sitting in my inventory that'll never get used, so. so okay, well, I will then... That, that's, I'm, I'm, so this is exactly... It's good we have different perspectives. Because um, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I did... Uh, so I... Not trying to sound mean, I absolutely do not like the armor aesthetic at all from this season or from this year for the Solstice Thanks. armor. So I did it once on the Warlock just to get a couple of the shotguns just to see if they were good. I got one half decent kind of fun roll. It's like a quick job Vorpal. Um, and it's I've this is I think the third year that we've gotten the EAZ, and I'm just kind of like over it. Like, there's no real changes to the layout. There's no difference in the mechanics of anything. Like, you just try to find as many bosses as you can, and then you kill a final boss, and it just gets... It It is probably one of the more, like, kind of unfun, repetitive... Um, I, I, I really would have liked to have seen, like, turn it into, like, a Crucible map or do something with the EAZ, because it's... It, I don't know. I, I found it lackluster, so I, I went through the whole thing. I got the shiny armor on the Warlock, and then I started doing the hunter armor, and I was like, I am kind of done, with, like trying to get all the the triumphs, and I don't really care about the ghost shell, because um, I have the the cat ghost shell as you saw the other night, uh, Robbie. So I don't I don't need any other ghost shells beyond that bad boy. Uh, so yeah, I I'm kind of somewhere in the middle of you guys where I did one full armor set, and then I'm just kind of done with it. Um, but I I think it's you know, it's interesting and. I will say it's cool that they did do the, we'll call it like kind of the catch-up mechanic, where if you've done it with one character, your second and subsequent third character are much, much faster to the point where you only have to do, yeah, one or two activities to get it all done. I think that that's pretty cool, especially if you're kind of going down the completionist route um, for trying to to get all the triumphs and get all the armor glows. Um it's certainly less painful than some of the previous years. Uh, I know, Robbie, you and I were talking about this when you were streaming, that uh, in previous years past, they wouldn't actually show you where all the hidden chests were when you completed the EAZ run. Like, it would actually flash where they were on screen really briefly, but then the indicators would go away. So you all had to kind of memorize slash divide and conquer, and then once you got within, like, a certain radius, it would tell you where the chest was. And so I would say probably most of the time, if you were lucky, you'd get like 70 to 80% of the chests. Uh, whereas now they tell you where all of them are at all times. So you can almost always get all of them. So I think I think there's been some quality of life improvements for the EAZ overall. But it's the same thing that we've had for two years or three years now 
um, and I'm kind of burned out on it. And so that's why I did one character, and it's like, I got a couple shotguns, I'm good. Um, but I just kind of wanted your guys' thoughts. What would you, if they did this again next year, which I'm assuming they're going to do, uh, is there anything you guys would like to see different? That would maybe, in this case, Will, what would what would entice you to do Solstice of Heroes? Um, <laughs> there's really nothing. <laughs> um, the gear from I don't know if it was last year or it was the year before the one with like the the like light breaking out of the character, yeah, character model. That's my favorite. I bought all three of those. I'm not gonna lie, because those are actually sick. Like if they if it looked like that every season, I would definitely play it, but. Just like the kind of monotonous grind for some kind of meh gear is just not, not I something I really want to get into. We're not guaranteed even high stat, high stat rolls after you complete the whole thing and unlock the high stat rolls. You still get a ton of blues. Like I think if once you get to that point, especially if you unlock it on all three characters, like stop giving me blues. And maybe I'll keep doing the activity. You know what I mean? This is something it's... with like time reward, like there's nothing. And uh, the only good thing I would say, and maybe you would appreciate that as a PvP player, because I know a lot of people want the retail tail for PvP, and this shotgun has the same rules. It's basically a retail tail. So this is the one way to farm a retail tail without having to go through the you know troublesome. Uh, you never know what you're gonna get activities in the Dreaming City. So yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's basically the only that... one thing that I would say like might entice someone to really, really go for it. Yeah, but even then, it's a precision frame, and those are kind of meh at the moment with Fallwinter still roaming around. <laughs> Fair enough. But now, I, I think it's funny that he... I'm sorry, I just want to... No, no, go for it. He's been only been playing... How long have you been playing the game for, Robbie? A year now? Um, yeah, kind of. I just think it's funny how like he's sick of blues already, and he's only been playing it for a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that, that I'm sick of blues. Is is that like I when I see this like that activity, right? Like I start and it gives me blues all the time. I'm okay with that. I know that's how it works. But then if they have a thing that you unlock by like completing the quests on one character, completing the quest on another character, and it tells me you've unlocked the chance to earn high stat armor from opening boxes from the EAT, and then I don't see that payoff. You know, because it, it feels yeah. like I am keep getting the same kind of RNG that I was getting before unlocking that thing. So that, that's, yeah, that's yeah, my issue sure. with it. It's, yeah, it's just, like, I just think um, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all feel the same way <laughs> at this point. And you would have hated your one when you when you're oh, but it, yeah, it's, it's not even about like the blues, like it's about the purples. Like it doesn't have to be like all purples all the time. It's just like, give me one really good stat roll now and then. But it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I agree. It's a good idea. Yeah. I think after you like hit a certain point, if you hit max level, you should just automatically drop as weapon um, materials. Yeah. Well, so that's, so I don't know if, if you remember, Will, back during Rise of Iron, uh, they had a huge problem where greens were dropping like egregiously and they finally did that where if you ran over a green, it would just auto dismantle into like armor pieces or, or weapon parts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that's funny. Like we're, we've kind of come full circle where it's like getting blues feels like just just give me the parts like, you know, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just it's just annoying at this point. Yeah. And the keys, the keys too. like 
give me something to spend my keys on that isn't worthless. <laughs> even if it's a diminished return, even if it's like you know ten thousand glimmer for a thousand keys, I'll oh, take. I'm it. so down. I'll with take. That. It. I run out of the time. I'm so poor right now, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Robbie, I don't know if you knew this or not, but in year one, Destiny one, if you brought a legendary or a purple engram to Zer, it had a chance to drop as a blue. Yeah, oh, wow. that was that was a, a very actual serious <laughs> thing that started in D1 and year one. That's so mad. Yeah, yeah. So that's like if you ever see old memes about the Cryptarch, uh, like being just the most like vicious bastard. That's why, because at one point blue or purple engrams could decrypt into blues. Um, yeah, that that that's a a very dark time that no one likes to talk about. <laughs> Or then you would like <laughs> turn in a blue and it would drop as an exotic and you're like, uh right. I have wow. to ask, Will, did you ever play uh did you ever hang outside that that infinite loot cave? Um like once or twice just because I saw other people doing it, but not because I actually knew why we were doing it. <laughs> okay. So so yeah, but no, I I was one of those guys who sat out there for a couple times and I mean I mean like even if the stuff that dropped was terrible, it was so cool to see all that stuff on the ground. Right. Awesome. Uh, man, that was so long ago. Yeah, well, it was, we don't need to talk about that. I feel like an old man now. Seven uh, years. Jeez. Okay, so the general consensus is, last, uh, you know, Solstice is pretty lackluster. I know that they, they keep iterating on, on, on it every year. Like, I know, like, the very first year that we had Solstice to Heroes on in D2 was they had like the hard versions of some of the levels from the game that if you beat them like that was how you unlocked uh, mm -hmm. like the next tier of armor so it's cool to see that they've made some progression of of how you you know how you quote unquote level up the armor to to get it to go to the next tier and i think it's kind of fun to do every year um but i agree that it's like it's gotten a little repetitive it's not really worth doing there's too many blues i, I think something's got to change i don't want to do another eaz uh, what about the, the basically what I heard was this, and again I'm I'm the new guy here, right? So before when Bungie was with like a bigger company and they had more people and more resources, they would have people work on these events. So maybe you know the Halloween event, the the solstice summer event, the the Christmas event. They would change because they had people work on them. But now that they downsized they have all these people who used to make these events work on the seasonal events from for the season pass so them working on this is kind of avoiding the time invested into working on the actual uh, other events that they have for for like seasonal not season pass but seasonal like summer winter whatever events sure. and they just keep getting repeated now to the point where like people like you have played for years are not seeing that and it's like i don't want to do it anymore so would you actually prefer them to just remove those things entirely and just keep working only on these season stories, season activities from the season pass? Okay, so that, work on that. Right. So okay, so that's a valid question. Um I definitely I don't I don't want to even pretend to know like how busy they are and how like the team has maybe been divided up uh at Bungie for for doing certain activity and content and the the live service team and all that that fun stuff. Like, I really don't know what goes beyond or behind closed doors. Um, and I can only guess, and I don't want to speculate too much on that. What would I prefer? Um, I I think certain activities are fun. Like, you've never done the Haunted Forest either, uh, which is like the, the, the Halloween event. That one's pretty fun. But again, that gets pretty samey because 
And this is this is a, a philosophy that I have, and I'm sure people can poke holes in it. Um, but I think any time that we do these like seasonal activities where it's like Solstice of Heroes, or not seasonal, but I mean like actual like winter or like the the you know the that that's what I mean like the Halloween activity or the Solstice of Heroes or like we've had like the springtime event where it was like another variant of the Infinite Forest. I think any time we have one of those, what ends up happening is you have a bunch of stuff that you need to do within like three or four weeks. And you end up just burning yourself out on it because you're just around the clock doing only that activity. And then by the time you're done with it, you just you hate it so much that you're like, I never want to do this again. And that's kind of how I feel with like the EAZ and the infant. The Haunted Forest is kind of the same thing where it's like you do so many runs of that in that three week period because you're trying to get all the armor. You're trying to get all the the weapons that you can get to drop from it and you're trying to get all of those triumphs completed so you can get some some seal or emblem or you know whatever the the end activity is your ghost shell that you end up burning yourself out on it and i think kind of the same thing happened so you were never around for sparrow racing league um and i know that's like a huge like you know pressure point for a lot of people that really really liked sparrow racing league and i think that that kind of suffered the same thing whereas we got that two christmases in a row but it was only around for like three weeks. And so for like three weeks straight, you're just doing nonstop sparrow racing. And then you just get burned out on it because that's all you've been doing. And it's like, I I really like to see how some of these activities would play out if you, instead of just shoving them down our throat for like a month straight, had them as normal, you know, activities where maybe you don't touch it for a couple weeks because there's no reason to, but you're like, ah, I feel like jumping into the EAZ and doing a couple runs. Like, like, I don't think that they're bad activities. They're kind of interesting because sometimes they're like time challenges or things like that. But instead of having us have the ability to kind of do them whenever we want, we're forced. And I, I say forced in kind of air quotes because it's like no one's actually forcing you to do this activity. It's more for the, oh, I want to get this achievement or triumph associated with it that you feel obligated to to repeat it at ad nauseum until you get that achievement completed. Um, and I just, it would be interesting to see how they played it out if they didn't do so much of a, I'm going to use the FOMO word again, um, and allowed us to kind of play them a little more frequently. And I know that they're kind of themed around a certain, like the Haunted Forest obviously is themed around Halloween, so it doesn't make sense to have it in February. But I feel like if you just didn't have such a time limit on them, that I think that people maybe wouldn't have such a negative opinion on that um but my my last kind of thought about this and i do realize because i brought up sparrow racing league is you can at any point go and do play sparrow racing if you want in d1 if you still have d1 you can do private lobby matches and sparrow race with your buddies or if you want to play it by yourself i actually did it a couple weeks ago because it was like i haven't done sparrow racing in a while uh and they're fun courses so um I I would like to see seasonal activities not feel like they are such a rushed event and that they could play out longer. So that way you avoid yourself getting so burned out on it. That's kind of how I feel overall. Mm. And maybe that didn't quite answer your question because I went off on a tangent. But um, I, I, you know, I ultimately don't want. So so this to answer your actual question, because I realized I went off on a tangent. I don't want them to take time away from developing the actual like seasonal content, like the the stuff that's like related to the primary story, because I think that's ultimately what keeps us coming back and engaged in the game is like new weapons and new new loot, new story stuff, new new uh, destinations to go to, like all of that's like 
the important part of the game that continues to be iteratively developed. And, you know, if every summer comes around and we have to play the EAZ, well, if I don't care about the armor, I don't feel like I'm forced to do it. I've done it enough times that I feel satisfied. And so I, I don't really have a fundamental problem if they don't really iterate on it. I'm just, my my desire to play it goes down more and more every year. I think so. it's the problem of the planets, like I kept hearing. Like at some point there was so many things to do that it's like if you bring all those playlists, let's say, and you keep them permanent, like in some other games where they have too many modes, and then all the population just gravitates to one or two out of like 20. You know, right. the, the person who wants to play that 20th one is like in matchmaking for, you know, 20 minutes until he finds a match. So oh, sure. like maybe Sparrow Racing would be popular, but maybe, you know, you, you like you say, in February, and no, no one's like queuing up for, for the EAC. And I think that's one thing that they did kind of downsize the game into like less activities and more population. But I think... Uh, yeah, a, a good idea would be bring up more activities. I don't know. I keep hearing like some people always asking, you know, bring Mars back, bring Io back, like all these other places that maybe they're just like free roam zones, but you know they were fun. I, I never got to experience some of them, so that could be fun also for new players like myself. And uh, yeah, but I think this thing like too many things to do and you know not enough population is always going to be a problem especially in a game this huge you know when you have like people who only do pvp or people who love gambit and people who only play gambit and people who do all, all sorts of things so I, I think it's a good thing the game is so diverse but like that's a really hard choice uh, yeah i honestly don't know how they do it but yeah i would like to see some of those things like available somehow in in a good way, because like let's say you bring Spiral Racing and you keep it there because it's popular popular enough to have like a good enough population and be alive throughout the year, but then you're gonna have the same problems. You know, people are gonna complain, oh, we don't have enough tracks. Kind of like in PvP, people complain about not having enough maps, and so now you're also like separating your development team into, oh, now we're gonna you know have these guys work on a new track or things like. Are they actually gonna do that? Uh, my best guess is probably not. So. It's no, a it, trick situation. No, and I, 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 you, you make a valid argument in case. Um, I, I agree that the longer you keep it out there, it's just the less and less people are going to engage with that activity, especially if new stuff comes along. Um, and and let's be honest, like you mentioned yourself, you did all of the armor things in the first week out of four weeks, and you know some and a lot of people do that i know there's kind of the 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 grinding community that likes to get everything done as soon as possible and like they're done after 3 or 4 days they've gotten everything they need uh and then they just move on like they just they just gorge on that content and i'm not saying that's what you do but i know that there's a lot of people that do that like i saw some reddit posts where some guy opened a thousand of those solstice packages i could not imagine doing that many eaz runs to earn a thousand <laughs> packages like that just it hurt my brain to even wrap my head around, but there's some people that that they find joy in doing that much con of that type of content, and so it doesn't necessarily need to be around for three weeks. But and this is where I will just say this is my opinion and my perspective. I feel like three weeks is kind of too short of a time window where I feel like I'm rushed to get it all done. In this case, we got four weeks, so um, but I feel like I'm too rushed to get it done. And so I play a lot of it in that three or four weeks. And then, like I said, I, I keep using that term, like I get burned out. 
Um, and so I don't necessarily know if like having six weeks uh, would solve that problem or if it would just exacerbate it because now you feel like you need to play it. Like maybe it's like no matter what, you find yourself expanding to however much time they give you. So no matter how much the length of time is, you're just going to feel burned out on it. So maybe what I'm proposing is just like ridiculous in the first place. I don't really know. I'm sure this is all stuff that Bungie's thought about and, and considered when they talk about how long some of these activities should be out for and, you know, before we move on to the next thing. Um, because the season's over in a couple weeks and maybe this is kind of a good transition to the next content that or thing that we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily know what the solution is. I just, I've gotten to the point, I've done Solstice enough times that I'm just kind of done with it. So yeah, Before you do that, though, like one thing I do want to say, and for the completionist uh, way of thinking, because I do have friends who are like that, and uh, we played together last night with one of them, actually, and he's going for the 100 boss kills on prison days, right? Like me, for example, I have all the triumphs for the Solstice now, and I just played like mostly the first week, and I'm just missing one. And I got to like 40 bosses, I think, until I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. But he's right. still going for it. So 100 bosses don't count the mini bosses that you kill around to get chests. He's the last boss. And only one of them has like two or three that count. Like right. there's one that has three bosses, like three Cabal bosses. But if you don't get the Cabal one, you're only going to get one. So you, let's say in average, you would need like 80 EACs on Prism Day alone to, to right. finish this. So even for him that is like more dedicated, like way more dedicated than I am to it and that he's still doing it and he's still going to do it. And he's been like, oh, I only have two more prison days in the season. And I don't know if I'll be able to make it, you know, like that triumph is too much, honestly. Right. So, right. so some things are like done too quickly, I believe, you know, like even if you would have given this for like maybe a different solution of like complete the one set for one character and get all three for the price of one kind of thing. Right. And, you know, have people choose which character they want to play on and make it like one or two weeks only or the other way of thinking of like making it longer and have people, you know, space out the, the time that they want to put into the activity. But still, like in those two scenarios, these kind of triumphs for completionists, they're ridiculous. Oh, I agree. So, I agree. But there is something there for them if they want to be the crazy completionist. So, you know, maybe there's something to that. All right, let's move on right. to the next thing. Uh, so uh, season is just around the corner. It's like three or four weeks out on the 24th of August, I believe. Um, and one of the big things that's coming with that is crossplay. Uh, so I figure we could kind of focus on that specifically. But I do want to give kind of a, a shout out. I was perusing Reddit, and this has gotten quite a bit of traction. Um, but someone put together uh, six already announced changes for season 15 that you probably forgot about. Um, we'll put a link of it in the kind of the the subheader of this podcast if anyone takes a look at it, because I think it's kind of cool. They actually go through the effort to cite um, a bunch of the sources where Bungie has said, yes, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this. And one of the big things that I think will probably make Will happy is three peaking in PvP game modes. Uh, which is a very, very much needed uh, change. Um, but the big one that I think everyone's excited about is crossplay. Uh, and so to kind of give the little premise for this, and then I want I want you guys to kind of talk about it and discuss something that Rob and I, Robbie and I were talking about yesterday that we have kind of concerns or reservations about is all the different forms of communication uh, that each platform uses uh, to get party chats going. And as awesome as crossplay is, 
both of us kind of voice concerns of what we see might be coming issues for crossplay. So the the kind of the best example is PC players. Um, we use Discord because if you've got your PC up, you might as well have Discord up, and it's got a really easy way to jump into chat. Um, with PlayStation Network, there's the party chat, uh, and then ultimately Xbox has the same thing where there's a chat where you can you can jump in because let's face it, the in-game chat for Destiny is pretty lackluster and has a lot of problems. Um, so one of the things that we we kind of discussed with crossplay as being an issue was like how are they going to sort this out because are we going to run into issues with LFG groups where it's like hey we need to find a, a sixth person for Vault of Glass and we're playing on PC but if you don't have Discord we don't want to play with you because how are you going to communicate with us so that's like kind of just the the generic example that I came up with that we were talking about yesterday um, do you guys foresee any other issues that might arise from crossplay, or we can kind of keep talking about this communication issue. So, uh, Will, let's start with you. Um, biggest one right after that is cheaters. Okay. Um, elaborate. Well, if they don't have some kind of fix, um, for cheating and like matching cheaters and making sure that I think VP is going to be opt-in, if I'm not mistaken. But I think you've got to get a good anti-cheat in your game before you start branching or not branching but connecting all your communities to like one big community that we can all play together now um but up in i mean i think just the whole entire pc console you know gap of which one's better and you know i don't want to play this one or your buddy's on pc but you don't want to play pc because um of cheaters just gonna get worse until this problem is not necessarily like um solved but until it's um actively being taken care of and they've set up precautions in place beforehand before this goes to you know a worse spot than what it is now okay i i, I think that that's a that's an excellent concern to have um and certainly because you said you used to play on pc but you you're just so over the whole cheating game that you've you've back the console right okay. yeah i i was pc main or only for about two years after like right after it was like right before Forsaken came out. I played okay. mostly PC. Okay. And do you, it's do you, just sorry, keep up. Well, I mean, you just—it's just not fun. Like the, the main aspect of the game I play is practically unplayable. Right. Um. The higher ends, at least. I mean, trials is probably where you see it the most. But sometimes, you know, I, I'm just tired of having to second guess whether, you know, actually that dude had a shot on me, or if you know, there's something a little more suspicious going on. And I, I, I just want to clarify and make sure I understand correctly. So you said pre-Forsaken, which means you originally played on Blizzard. Um, and then yeah, so you were part of the, the Blizzard Steam transition. Right. Um, and do, from what I understand, and this is all kind of hearsay and, and, you know, anecdotal, but that the, the cheating community has increased significantly because of the steam transition is that correct or in your opinion i mean i would say i've seen 10 times more cheaters on steam okay okay just i just to kind of give that that background and 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 why you transitioned back to console so yeah no it's it's just it's bad and there's also cheaters on ps5 now so really okay the best direction yeah there's like a thing where you can run around with um Esperado perks on your messenger the whole time without getting a kill. Really? I have not heard of so, that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, extremely. 
Okay, so so cheating's a big one, uh, which obviously I think I don't think anyone's going to disagree or or fight you on that that concern. Uh, Robbie, do you have any other uh, concerns or or you know issues yeah, that well, you? I would say that regarding PvP, yes, I agree entirely. It's obviously there's a few cheaters in in Xbox, but. I have encountered them, especially on tree. The PVEs side, I would say that uh, communication, because I think that's like a big point that everybody's looking forward to seeing how it's going to get handled. Are we console players going to have to, you know, uh, run Discord on, on a second device, like on your phone or your, or your computer next to your, your console or something? Or is there going to be like an improvement to the in-game voice chat? I don't know. We'll see about that. Honestly, that's like a huge deal, I think, for most console players right now. And the other one for PvE would be like, is uh, are we going to get gay kept? Kind of like people, you know, who, when they do like some harder content run and they like, I don't know, people meme about this, but like you have anarchy or you get kicked, right? So it's now going to be like a thing where like people who do this higher end content on PC are going to be not so welcoming of of controller players because you know field of view because we turn around slower because we're not as fast to aim as you can be on 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 mouse and keyboard regardless of like you can be really good and i'm sure like a lot of console players can be better pve players than than a lot of pc players as well like it, it has to happen right there's people who are really good anyways regardless of platform again but is that going to be a thing and if that's a thing like can we please just get traction for free on consoles at this point and things like this? Yes, please like, God, yes. Why is this a thing? Like, please. why are we... I, I understand they made it zero points, but it's still wasting a slot on my boots, you know? So console uh, has to catch up in certain things, also on PvE, if, if crossplay is going to happen, just so that we can be as effective as uh, some other controller inputs. I mean, the skill gap's always going to be higher on M and K input. That's just it's is what it is. I mean, that's the, that's what it's been since controller and, P, and uh, mouse and keyboard have been a thing. But I don't, I don't think like you're not gonna be able to join a raid just because of your input, because there's still a lot of controller players on PC. Like a lot of good PvP players still play controller on PC, or they'll switch back and forth. But I mean, like I, you're yeah, gonna I'm know who's playing on PC and who's playing on console. Game doing something. I'm afraid of the community doing something. You know, like. And that's what I'm saying. Especially I, I with don't... that, like, do you, you don't have Discord? So we need one more for Vault of Glass. Uh, we have one. Oh, but he's on console, so he's probably not on Discord. So kick him out of the LFG and let's oh, go well, yeah. else. Or, you know, and I'm sure people will do the same thing with, like, oh, he's on controller. You know, even if they no, know that maybe one of that. them is on controller on PC. Because, again, I'm sure that a lot of people can play really well on, on controller. Uh, I think it's a good input, too. I just... I'm afraid more of like the consequences of all these crossplay is gonna happen for like high end uh, raiding community. So I will say, me being a controller player on PC, and I know there's probably some people that are shaking their heads. Um, I have never had that be an issue. I don't normally bring it up when I'm LFGing with groups. Like, hey, by the way, I'm playing with a controller. Um, but I have gotten flack for it, like where I'll say something where someone's like, oh, use this button. I'm like, oh, I'm on controller. So I think it's my melee button. And they're like, oh, and then, you know, they get, I get a little like heckling or something, but it's never usually gone more than that. Um, 
but I, I, but I, I think there are concerns there. Um, I think there might be people that maybe like, so like if you're playing on PlayStation four or Xbox one, are people going to be like, Oh, well, it's going to take forever for him to load in because he doesn't have a solid state drive. Like, or are they going to be worried because he's playing at 30 frames and, and they think that maybe the content is because I will say certain things are a little bit easier at higher frame rates. I'm not trying to be like a, a purist or a, a snob when it comes to that, but I will say like certain encounters felt easier having a higher frame rate. And so I, I think there is legitimate concern overall that it's like, Oh, if he's playing on an older gen console, um, that people on PC or on next gen consoles might be a little hesitant to invite. Um, like I I'll say like when we were playing the other night, will, I guess that was like two weeks ago. Like, I felt like I was hindering the group because I was playing on PS4 and I know you were playing on PS5. And so I actually legitimately felt like I, I was kind of handicapping the group because I was so like I felt so out of out of uh, practice on a, on a 30 frame system. So I could see there being some issues associated with that. Um, and certainly I think the communication aspect of it as well. So um, is there anything else you guys think might be uh, issues with crossplay? Those are the only two big concerns I have with okay. eating and then like the, the voice channels. Yeah. Because I could definitely see what Robbie said, where if you're on console and then, you know, you join LFG, right? Everybody's on PC and you don't have PlayStation, excuse me, and you don't have Discord, then, you know, that's going to be an issue. So right. I hope they come out with something or if they don't come out with something that there's something in the works. I know Discord's getting integrated into PS5, but I don't think that's so next year at some point. Um, cool. So yeah, crossplay. We'll see how it goes. I'm I, overall. I'm very excited. There's a lot of people that I used to play with on PlayStation that I'm excited about having the opportunity to play with them again. Um, so I think there's overall probably a net positive with the introduction to crossplay. Um, but we'll definitely yeah. need to see how it how it plays out. And they have they have mentioned in comments or it's like console and PC players together in the Crucible won't be matching against. PC players, unless their console friends like accept playing in the the, the PC pool, um, like they've they have come out and kind of acknowledged certain things like that. Um, but as far as I know, there hasn't been really any talk about the communication or or acknowledgement of cheating. Um, and yeah, I, I certainly yeah. I just think PvP is going to get way worse because the people are just going to go crazy with cheating allegations because most of these people don't know what playing on pc this game playing this game on pc is like so oh yeah oh it's it's <laughs> people are gonna it's yeah, humbling yeah. certainly i think like, oh, as, yeah, as a true. console player i'm just gonna stay on console like even if i play and i you know because like as a person who has and runs kind of like a small clan we're gonna welcome like people from our platforms next season right not, not only xbox but i'm definitely keeping my pvp with only console like I'm I'm not planning to having a PC player on my group so I can match up with other PC players. I think for me PvP is gonna be console exclusive regardless of crossplay. So that's why I'm like looking forward more to it regarding PvE only. Right. Yeah, I think this is overall like a overarching good thing that's happening, right? It's not the the rewards outweigh the risks. And I think as long yeah. as they address some of these risks, everything will be fine. And I think it the player base will be happier because right. I mean, you can play because i have friends that play on xbox and you know we can't play or you know pc and vice versa but as right. soon as well, 
keep going. No, 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 go for it. I was gonna say as soon as cheating gets fixed, I'm gonna go back to PC anyways. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I think it's overall a good thing for the community and the game. Well, so so you be so Robbie, you brought up a good point. So you said you you're excited about crossplay and the aspect of playing with other groups, but you said when it comes to PvP, you're gonna stay console only. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, that sucks because I primarily pay on PC, and I do have an Xbox Series S, so you know, I'll I'll in theory be able to jump on with you guys um, as I've already kind of done already but that kind of like that already flags something where it's like am i gonna have issues playing pvp with some people because if they find out that i'm playing on pc they're like well i don't want you in our group because you're gonna like mess up the the who's playing what the what the pool of competitors is gonna be and so like i'm not i'm not blaming you but i'm just saying like i already get kind of a sense of like i'm gonna be the outcast because console people are not going to want to invite pc players in their group um exactly for that reason and i 100 totally get why uh but i feel like that's going to be kind of a problem and a bit of a pain uh well, in... people are gonna have to understand that mnk input has just such a higher skill ceiling than control oh yeah i mean like oh, there's yeah. just no way around it yeah and that's I mean, not trying to come up with but like it it's just the movement you have, the potential you have is way higher than on a controller. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I mean, I've seen people like slide on 180 while they're sliding on controller, you know? I cannot do that. Even, and, and if it's going to get to a point, and I, it will never be the same. So I think it's fair that they kept it that way so that we console players can just play PvP, exclusively PvP with only other console players. Obviously, the, the, Population is growing because now we're going to be Xbox and PlayStation together. So I think that's still a positive for us console players because I think most people who play PvP regardless play on, on PC. So that population is already huge. But now ours is doubling, you know. And uh, one thing that I might bring up again, like the traction is like our, you know, sensitivity slider on controller is so low. Like if you play Destiny after you play other shooter without naming any shooter, but most of them, you can just put it higher than you can on Destiny on a controller. Even I play at 10, which is the maximum, and it's still super slow. Yeah. Crazy. You play at 10. I can't play at 10. I wouldn't hit a shot. <laughs> I also play it. Like, I didn't play, like, play a low DPI. I played a decent DPI. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. But, but no, yeah, there's just certain things that, People are going to have to understand that PC players are going to be able to do. And oh, yeah. as a console player, that they're not going to, you know, be able to, to do, not because they're not good enough, but because of, like, you know, in-game destiny sensitivity and just the fact that you're on two sticks. It's not yep. the same as being able to move your whole entire arm. Completely agree. Yeah, well, I, we'll just have to see how it pans out. But, uh, yeah. I'm stoked, though. Like, I'm, I know I'm saying all the bad things, but I'm stoked for it. Oh yeah, I think me it's too. Be, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I, I think, think you're gonna like see a lot overall, more. Overall, a great positive for everybody. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It'll it'll be fun to to raid with some some old buddies again. So I'm excited. Um. All right. Uh. Does okay. So actually, one last quick little thing, and hopefully this won't divulge too much. Uh. So two of the things that they brought up. Uh. That are that that this Reddit post that I referenced earlier. Uh, one of them is we're going to get some legendary stasis weapons. So that's pretty cool. Is there anything you guys would like to see or hope is going to be kind of part of that first batch? Stasis hand cannon. That... Stasis hand cannon. Stasis hand cannon. Uh, actually, like, yeah, that sounds fun. I, I guess there's a lot of 
guns that would be fun but like one that i think would be super useful like we have the one i mean we have two stasis guns right now right the sidearm right. and the heavy grenade launcher but it's an exotic so no one uses it so if you give me a legendary stasis uh, heavy grenade launcher that sounds fun and useful to me like that's what okay. i want to do cool again I'm, I'm always down for more stuff so. yep Any, anything they come out and say we're making more stuff more you know things for you to go after always on board with awesome i dig it okay uh, last thing is they did they didn't go into any specifics. This is the the bungee post that was kind of referenced. Uh, is there's going to be some updates to light subclasses? Uh, is there anything that stands out to you that you would like to see that's that like is in the back of your mind where it's like, man, I wish the subclass just performed a little bit better? Um, top tree storm. I, top tree storm. Okay, that's my baby. That's my go-to. That's all I use in D1 and PvP, and I want to see it. That's the one with with the awesome like arc web right where it's just yeah arc web and yep. the blink super yep i love that subclass ionic a... blink yeah totally yeah i don't know it's all i ever used so it's got a special place in my heart it's just so bad right now though it's it's yep. terrible it's in such a bad spot but hopefully right, what, about, fix there. what about you robbie what do you what are you hoping to see some buffs to honestly i think uh there should be like a way i understand that top tree dawn is really good in pvp and that well is really good in pve for a lot of things so out of all the ones because i think void for warlock i'm i mean a warlock so i'm just gonna focus on warlocks uh void is is in a good spot i think you know stasis in pve is in a good spot i, I want to see bottom uh bottom solar for warlock get a little love okay cool i dig it yeah actually i think uh I'm kind of in the same boat. I've I've mainly been playing Hunter like for the last seven years. Uh, and I've in this last like, I don't know, month and a half, I have found a new renewed love for my Warlock. Um, so I would like to see some stuff happen in the Void subclasses for the Warlock. So <laughs> I think it's funny. Yeah, those that ones know. those ones in PvP are so bad. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Like the Nova Bomb one, like the not tracking one is it's awful. Like you I know, I know, know somebody and it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, but, but the bower is so nice. Yeah. I threw it on one time just to, you know, play something different and gave it a try and hit somebody or well, I thought I hit somebody point blank with a Nova based on like a shotgun out of it and I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm gonna wait till that one gets adjusted because it's it's so bad. But yeah. No, it's just that that one is more about the, the bower than the super. I guess it balances it out that way. Like, oh, if yeah. I could have Devour and top Nova Bomb, oh, watch out. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I think that's all that we have today. Uh, thanks, guys, for getting together and chatting. Um, hopefully, next week we'll have Scotty back and we'll be full swing and full of our momentum. Um, but until next time, thanks everyone for listening and questions, uh, comments, or something else you want to say. Email ciao, us ciao. at eventideradio at gmail.com or get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found in our podcast description. 